Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Can this team please win a home game? It's been much, much too long. It's been even longer since the Cardinals ended a regular season at home. Sunday won't be easy. Despite how the Seahawks have played this season, they still have Russell Wilson. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 522, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grigalou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Going for Hopkins, one-handed catch and a touchdown! DeAndre Hopkins! Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. So, quick question for you, MJ. Was it warm enough for you at practice today? It was. I mean, I, I've been uh, wearing a Cardinals uh, jacket over the last uh, week or so. It wasn't as cold as uh, other mornings, but yeah. And then I found the sun. Because <laughs> they got some trees over there and they got some shade. And, you know, I'm like a buck 50. So I've, I, I actually found some sun and uh, good practice. Uh, it was nice to see James Conner out there and Rondell Moore in the entire offensive line. It was nice to see, and we'll get into some of the details, and I'm sure we'll wait for the injury report, but it wasn't as long as yesterday when it came to guys returning to practice, and this is what normally happened. Vet day off on Wednesday. You know, obviously game plan is being installed Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so it's nice to have your starters out there, and it was nice to see uh, James Conner. I didn't see Chase Edmonds, and so I got to think they're going to be cautious with him, but maybe we'll get a chance to see Jonathan Warner or Eno Benjamin. Yeah, four players did not practice on Wednesday, but because of rest, and they were all back on Thursday. Now, full disclosure, Bird Gang, we are entering new protocols with respects to practice as far as the number of media members that are allowed to watch. That's why MJ was out there earlier. I was not, and that's going to happen because, hey, this team is winning, and you'd expect higher attendance from the media once this team gets into the postseason. But already this is a big week. It's week 18. We've never had a week 18. Yeah. Well, you were nice enough to to let me go so we can flip next week. Uh, I think it's going to be a a zoo next week. (laughs) First playoff appearance for the Cardinals since 2015. But getting back to what we saw or what you saw on Thursday, again, no Chase Edmonds. And we know now that it's a rib issue and – toe issue according to the official injury report zach allen jordan phillips according to darren urban seen working on the side and keep in mind because i looked this up allen missed two days of practice last week then played 42 of 64 snaps against the cowboys so that doesn't worry me too much about zach allen not that he's a veteran but you know this is year three for him and he is, I'd say, one of those veterans, especially along that front seven and on the defensive line room with respects to being within this defense more than anyone else yeah, in that and, room and, outside of Corey Peters. Right, excuse me. And and we get an idea when um, they allow the open portion of practice. You know, on Wednesdays we'll see guys like uh, Beecham and possibly Rodney Hudson. Uh, Humps sometimes, but not all the time, go in. Um so I, we, I didn't see Chase at all, but, you know, the fact that Zach Allen was on the practice field, he was not participating in the open portion, but he was doing gassers. And then Jordan Phillips, he's wearing this huge knee brace, and he was doing, like, the, the tightrope. So I, I think he's further um, along. I'm sorry, I think Zach Allen's further along, and then you just have to wait and see what happens with Jordan Phillips. Hopefully they get all these guys back um, for the playoff game. Another update, Marco Wilson 
on the practice field. Wednesday working out on the side, Thursday practicing, so that trends well. But again, getting back to our discussion on Wednesday, if there's any doubts, even with a James Conner, but three straight days of practice, hopefully for him, he'll be able to go on Sunday. But a Zach Allen, a Jordan Phillips, a Marco Wilson, if they're not ready, then you don't play him. Uh, again, not the rest, but just maybe they need a little extra time. This is a big game, but not bigger than the following week. Yeah, and when you look at the corner position, it was nice to see uh, Marco Wilson on there. I, you know, they, Initially, they thought it would be a couple weeks, so that's encouraging. He's back on the practice field. It's a lot different than you know covering D.K. Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And Kevin Peterson, um, they, Cliff spoke very highly of him, along with Vance Joseph and Craig Wino. When it comes to reps, and he was one of those guys they claimed when they had the first overall claim, and he mentioned Tanner Vallejo, and then Joe Walker was a guy that was a late addition. How they, did, they just know the defense. And then he threw in Byron Murphy and Antonio Hamilton. And Brashard uh, Breland, according to Vance, he's a bright guy. Uh, he's been on the practice field for two days. You can see his football IQ. Now, I was told, can he play on special teams? Because that's going to be the uh, – I mean, if he's your fourth guy, I don't see Chase Whitaker coming up this week. That's just my guess. But can he play on teams? He's very athletic, uh, good size. I don't think he was fully healthy when he was playing for the Vikings. And, uh, you know, the Cardinals did have interest in prior, and then he came in again, and then he came in and got COVID, and so he stayed in town. But, you know, again, when you're just in that fourth corner, they got to play on special teams. So you're looking at Byron Murphy – Kevin Peterson, Antonio Hamilton, and Brashad Breeland. Those are your four healthy corners. You've got Marco Wilson, but if he's not ready to go, then those are the four names you're looking at, and perhaps that number three, number four, have to play on special teams. Yes, and then the hybrid would be Isaiah Simmons because we got a chance to see him cover Schultz last week. Schultz, he had six catches, I want to say, for 54 yards, and then he was covering the slot when it came to Omari Cooper. So, you know, the hybrid, the guy that can play four different positions gives you some more flexibility if you want to go nickel and dime packages. With Breland, he's certainly more talented than a Kevin Peterson, but Peterson has been in this defense. He's been with the team a lot longer. So if Breland's not elevated this weekend, it's nothing that he hasn't done. It's just because maybe he's not quite ready. He's not familiar with this defense. You don't want to throw someone out there if they don't know what they're doing or not comfortable or confident in what is being asked of them. And, and I think the whole idea of signing Breland was to add another veteran corner for the playoffs. And, you know, we'll find out more about Marco Wilson, but at least now they can roll four out, whether he plays a ton on special teams or he doesn't get a lot of snaps, depending on if they go four wide. But again, you've got other players that can suit that. But the whole idea was to provide depth with a veteran corner for the postseason. And again, we don't know officially anything further than what Kingsbury said with respects to Robert Alford, that it's probably going to be a couple of weeks. So does that mean next week or the week after, if there is a week after the first round of the playoffs? But would love to see Robert Alford back on the football field just to end a season playing as opposed to ending a season on IR, which he has each of the past two seasons. So this year he was playing and playing very, very well. And you can see that this team in the secondary has missed Robert Alford. Oh, there's no doubt. And, you know, I think we liked the way Byron Murphy was playing. And, you know, anytime you start getting interceptions and over the last couple of weeks, um, you know, with Marco Wilson being targeted, now they're targeting Byron Murphy. At least when you get a guy like Robert Alford, he would be the perfect matchup on Odell Beckham Jr., more from a physical standpoint. 
and OBG's definitely made it some, um, some catches for them to help them win some of these games, regardless of how many times Stafford turned the ball over. So, yeah, ideally uh, you get Alford back, and it'd just be a nice full circle where he was able to miss a couple games, but he was able to finish the season. Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get to the matchup and Russell Wilson in a moment. But Week 18 allows the Arizona Cardinals another opportunity to win a home game and be better at home. MJ, I looked it up. They have not won at State Farm Stadium. We know about the four-game losing streak. But they have not won since the last week of October when they beat the Texans. So it has been... A long, long time since the Cardinals have won in Glendale. Yeah, and, you know, yesterday you and I were talking, you know, is is it worthy to win the division? They're trying to win, and then obviously they're going to have to watch and see what happens with the Rams and 49ers. But, you know, if you go four and four at home, it's not ideal. But you don't want to go three and five. And then all of a sudden, you know, again, it'd be nice to host a playoff game, but – after I listened to our, our show this morning, I'm like, Grilla was exactly right. They're 8-1 on the road. Let's go on the road here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's unusual, and I don't think home field advantage. Now, you, you play in a cold-weather city and you got to travel. It's a little bit different. We know that the postseason gets r- r- ratcheted up even more um, with just physicality. It's do or die. You go home, one and done. So, But, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm okay if this team has to go on the road. Four and four sounds a heck of a lot better than three and five. And again, four straight home losses, Packers, Panthers, Rams, Colts. It hasn't been good. And yeah, it is a concern because you want to play well at home. But when you look at the reasons why, they're turning the ball over and they're not getting enough takeaways as far as the defense is concerned. And I looked at the offensive splits (laughs) at home, eight passing touchdowns, eight interceptions on the road. 18 passing touchdowns, three interceptions. Now, on the road, Kyler missed two of those road games. So, not that – just noting the fact that this Cardinals team has had two different quarterbacks this season. Granted, it's three games versus um, 13, but you still have to account for that. But I would like to see this team come out, not only just win, but give the fans something to – celebrate enjoy they deserve to see this team win with their own eyes for those that are going to be at state farm stadium yeah and and, and normally you would always have a pro seahawks crowd uh, normally they play them on thursday night or a sunday night game usually in september early october here it's week 18 uh, i'm sure there's some diehards that purchase tickets but it should be a pro cardinal crowd and you know overall murray nine and four on the season and it, it, I just I just look at this to where, you know, if, if they can just get back to what they did in the Dallas game, I think, you know, uh, swagger, confidence, uh, they played a clean game. That That's the Cardinals we're used to seeing. So hopefully that, that can pan out. But the other thing is with the win over the Seahawks, 5-1 and one in the division. You know, we always talk about 3-3. Three and three. Last year, get off to a 2-0 start, beat the 49ers, beat the Seahawks, and then finish 2-4. and four. And then, you know, obviously you had a win in week 16 and 17 against 49ers and Rams. So, yeah, you know, you know, if you, you don't want to lose a lot of NFC games, Lions. But that's a, that's a huge jump. Um, yeah, you want to have a better home record. But the fact that they're able to go on the road and win some of these games with a backup quarterback, that's really impressive. This little nugget as well. 
the Cardinals have made the playoffs five times since arriving in Arizona before this season. None of those teams had a losing record at home. So that's just one of those historical perspectives when you look at the 2021 Arizona Cardinals and how well they've played on the road versus not so well at home, especially during the past four weeks. Also, this is not only week 18, but the Cardinals ending the regular season at home for the first time since 2015. Every year since 2016, so five straight years, this team has closed out the regular season on the road, either at Los Angeles or in Seattle. Yeah, in the NFL, they they do a nice job. You know, I'd have to look. Usually, when you get to this year, week seventeen, eighteen, you're playing either division or conference game. You know, because that's how you're going to get back in the race. I mean, if it's a division game and you split with a certain team, then all of a sudden you get another conference win. That helps when it comes to seeding. So. Yeah, it's just, uh, again, I can't put my foot on it, but I, I, I just feel like they know what's at stake. And on paper, they're the better team, but who plays the best on Sunday afternoon is going to win that football game. And we know the Seahawks team before last season had always played well at State Farm Stadium. 6-0-1 in seven previous trips, not counting last season. So it's that odd dynamic with this rivalry. Cardinals play well in Seattle. Seahawks play well in Arizona. It's not a Seahawks team that is playing well this season overall, but they are playing much better and especially better than what the Cardinals saw earlier in the year. Yeah, and you know, I guess we got to let them know they they played the Lions, but they put up over 50 points and you know, as I mentioned earlier in the week, don't mean to be redundant. One of the scouts said he thought that was their best game and and, you you got some guys making plays on defense. You had a really good run game. Uh, DK Metcalf had three touchdowns. Russell Wilson was very pedestrian, but very efficient. He had four touchdown passes in that game. So when Wilson came back, that was his second game, right? Correct. And and he was airballing some, some passes. I mean, I th- clearly the thumb, and who knows if he came back early. I mean, obviously they have the medical staff. He wants to play. Um, but I, I do think that his accuracy will be better than it was the first go-around just because he's had reps now, and I'm sure at some point the thumb is healing, and he knows how to cover for some of that stuff. November 21st at Seattle, the Cardinals facing Russell Wilson and the Seahawks. Won that game 23-13. Wilson just 14-26 for 207 yards, completed 54% of his passes. He was sacked four times, just did not look right. But in four of the past six games, he's completed better than 60% of his passes. 12 touchdowns, two interceptions in the six games since the Cardinals saw him. And that's something that Vance Joseph was asked about earlier on Thursday, about what has he seen from Russell Wilson. And overall, he hasn't seen much difference, but specifically, quote, Wilson made some plays last week that was Russell-like, end quote. So you're seeing a much more comfortable confidence and I think someone in Russell Wilson that wants to end this regular season. It's not going to end in the postseason, but certainly being able to end on a positive note with the win against an NFC West rival in the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, last week they were up 31-7 to at half. I mean, they scored 10 points in the first quarter, 21 in the second, and then uh, the Lions scored 15 and 7 in the fourth, but uh, they scored 31 and another 20 in the second half. And, and you start looking at Russell Wilson, um, 
20 of 29, 230 you mentioned, um, 133 uh, quarterback rating. But they were able to run the ball 41 times for 265 yards, got two rushing touchdowns, and that came from Rashad Penny. So if you are Coach Joseph and the Cardinals defense, when you look at Russell Wilson and how well he plays, the game plan, what do you do? Do you dial up what you did in that first meeting, or do you have to adjust because Wilson has adjusted? I mean, he's a lot different than what you saw back in November. Yeah, I mean, he he only he did run six times for 24 yards. Um, he did have one long run of 17 yards, so he still has the ability to roll outside the pocket and extend plays. I think now, though, when you if you can't cover Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and Gerald Everett's been a nice addition for him. Maybe he didn't. He only had three catches for 36 yards last week. But I think he wants to stay in the pocket and make the throws, and that's where you have to plaster your coverage. But he will run outside the pocket to extend the play, move the pocket a little bit. If not, he will run, and he's got the body where he can take some hits. And Vance was quick to point out that the biggest play in that first meeting was, in Coach's words, a busted play in which Wilson – made something happen that wasn't there and a big play to Tyler Lockett for 48 yards on a drive that ended with a touchdown. Tyler Lockett wasn't targeted a lot. He only had four catches, but three big play catches, 25, 36, and 48 yards. And each of those big plays ended with a score, either a field goal or a touchdown. There were only three scoring drives, but all three scoring drives had one thing in column, Tyler Lockett with a big catch. Yeah, and and you know when they played the uh, the Rams, uh, uh, you know he wasn't he, he had COVID, so I'm like, well, that's a big loss, you know, because you're looking for the Rams to get as many losses as you can. But yeah, he's been a really good player. I I probably compare him to Robert Woods, uh, what they do in those offenses. He he's a guy that can line up in the slot. He can go on the post pattern. He can cross the the DB's face and get some of that intermediate route. So he's he's a really good player, and he's. And and I think Metcalf, uh, I think this is what they're expecting from him. Uh, you know, he's he's had some ups and downs, uh, dropped some balls, but he, like you know, I've watched them a ton over in the off season. Russell Wilson's a lot of, done a lot of work with him. So, and and then you know you look at Will Disley, and 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 then you know you look at uh, Gerald Everett. So they could go mass protection at times if they want to spin the ball down the field. Yeah, Everett and Disley are combined five touchdowns, but when you look at what DK Metcalf has done, a career-high 12 touchdown catches. He has 12 of their 27 passing touchdowns or receiving touchdowns, I should say, more accurately this season. So whether it's a deep ball, a deep shot, or in the red zone, they're looking for DK Metcalf. Yeah, and, you know, for some reason, when Patrick was here, I know he didn't play as well after the suspension and lost the foot speed and couldn't cover guys crossing the routes, but he, he, he held at DK Metcalf. There was a few games where Patrick Peterson had the upper hand. Now, without Robert Alford, um, you got to think Byron Murphy and then maybe a little bit more physical corner and a guy like um, Antonio Hamilton. And then maybe the Cardinals will play a little bit of zone with Kevin Peterson out there, depending on what uh, Bashad Breland brings to, if he's going to be active on game day. Metcalf has the most receiving yards and touchdown by a Seahawk in his first three seasons. So it has been kind of a high and low, but he is certainly very productive and someone the Cardinals are going to have to pay attention to. And then you look at the ground game. And this was a, I don't know, we were joking about it before we started talking here on Cardinals <laughs> Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. If you can count on one thing from Coach Joseph every single week, and this goes back when he first arrived. Number one priority when he is asked about that week's opponent, 
got to stop the run. Got to make them one-dimensional. Yeah. And then it was your question. You're yeah. trying to give Coach some props because the run defense after that Jonathan Taylor first play from scrimmage has been very, very good. In fact, it's been awesome compared to what we saw earlier in the season. Yet Coach Joseph wanted really no part of that and kind of <laughs> turned it around and said, well, you know, yeah, it's improved, but I'm more worried about, quote, keeping points to a minimum, end quote. And all of a sudden, his rushing totals that he looks at, not a big deal. Yeah, okay. <laughs> He's right. Because teams can go from the 20 to the 20. It's what you do, uh, and what they do in the red zone. And to me, there's three stats. Points allowed is number one. Next thing would be third down. Get him off on third down. Don't let them extend drives. And the other one is red zone defense. So and I think they've done a good job. But I, but over the last three games, they've given up 24 points a game average. Now, right as of the today, they're only giving up 21 body work over the entire season, which ranks up there in the top five. So 24 just based on the last three games. I know what he's saying. And, you know, when you, when you can hold Dak Prescott and the Cowboys to, you know, single or double digits, low uh, double digits. I mean, if, to me, if Zeke Elliott runs for 160 yards, it's a totally, totally different game. But I, I understand what he's saying, and he's probably just tired of answering. But I was saying, you know, take away that Taylor play. And last week, I mean, they made Dak Prescott try to beat them, and, and they disguised everything, and he could not get going. Well, and you go back to the Colts game, you take away the run, make Carson Wentz beat you, and he did. He did. It wasn't Jonathan Taylor. It was in the fourth quarter. I mean, because they were getting pressure, and I thought he was going to throw us one. And he made two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, and he threw that dart. He was scrambling. He he was a lot bigger than I thought. He had more arm strength, and, he, and obviously their offensive line was depleted, so he had to carry that team. Yeah. You know, we look back at the season, Matthew Stafford on Monday night, he, and he's, he's a franchise quarterback. Then you look at Goff you know, with the Lions, and then you look at Carson Wentz, and you, know, you wish you would have won one of those games. Yeah, those are going to uh, stick in the back of people's heads, especially if this team does not win the division, irregardless of what happens for the Cardinals and, of course, the Rams on Sunday against the 49ers. But on the conversation of run defense, you would think, and I, again, Points allowed is number one, but is there a correlation in how well a team does as far as scoring points if they're running the ball effectively? Maybe not so much the yards, but yards per carry, which we always point to here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, because if you do have a team that is running four or five yards a pop, that moves the ball downfield and then ultimately, hopefully, scoring points, touchdowns, or field goals, but yeah, it's again. It I don't know if there's a an exact answer, but and the other thing is when this team is playing well as it has, you know, you're praising them, and then you're like, okay, where can we get better? And then that's when you start looking at some of the numbers, and well, this number is good, and that's good. Well, hey, this right here, this is an eyesore, rush defense. So let's talk about that. Um, Just like Kyler Murray, when you know, hey, you guys played clean ball, you didn't turn it over. Um, but he said, listen, we went two for four in the red zone, and we looked at Andy – I'm sorry, we looked at Matt Prater's um, kicks and are like extra points, and that, that's got to change when you get to the postseason. you got to take advantage when you get down there, and obviously getting Connor back, hopefully, and Chase in the postseason, Kyler, um, and we know that there's some matchups he likes when he gets down to the five-yard line. So, yeah. Um, but I, I just I, – the way I look at this is, I mean, I'm looking at 
uh, Rashad Penny's last two games, man. Well, just look at his last three games okay. or three of his last four games. He's He's been on a roll. And when he's been healthy and he's finally healthy, but he's rushed for at least 135 yards in three of the last four games, averaging nearly seven yards a carry with five touchdowns. That's incredible. And now all of a sudden, yeah, I do think he's priority number one as far as one, let's keep Russell Wilson in the pocket because he's more dangerous out. But you want to be able to limit the effectiveness of a Rashad Penny and take away the run and force a Russell Wilson to throw the football more than maybe he would prefer to. Yeah, going back to the Bears game, Wilson was 16 for 27, 181. He had two touchdowns. Penny was 17 for 135, averaged close to eight yards a pop, had a 32-yard run, and he had a touchdown. But I'm just looking at a couple of games. It doesn't seem like they target him a lot in the in the receiving game. I know his all-purpose yards put him over the top last week with based on his rushing, but – yeah, I mean, uh, what he did last week was remarkable. And, you know, they paid a lot of money to, to Chris Carson, and Rashad Penny is a former first-round pick, just hasn't been able to stay healthy. Well, you go back to that first minute. He only had two carries for Got 19 hurt. yards, ended up getting hurt. Alex Collins was the starter that game. He's now on injured reserve. And Penny, with Adrian Peterson not available, is getting the opportunity once again. Maybe he's getting a second opportunity with the Seahawks to show what he can do and all of a sudden the talk in Seattle is well maybe Penny is the answer at running back for next season and maybe for several seasons beyond because last week a career high 170 yards 144 in the first half so he's been playing very very well and now if you're the Cardinals defense and those defense players especially on the defensive line yeah he's showing up on the film and you're not worried about it, but you're thinking, okay, this is the guy that we need to focus on to make this Seahawks team one-dimensional. Yeah, 25 for 170, 6.8. Uh, he got a 37-yard run, two touchdowns, but he was only targeted three times in the past game, two catches for 15 yards. So over the last couple of games, not real dual threat because they got other guys. They got the two tight ends, and then they got Lockett, and they got uh, Metcalf, and, you know, and they have this uh, Eskridge guy. He was a draft pick, kind of like we were looking at when Rondell Moore was coming out, but he, he's only catching one or two balls a game. And right now he's unavailable because he's on injured reserve. So that's uh, – oh, excuse me, no, he is he is healthy. He was hurt earlier in the season, and I think that's why his numbers aren't where yeah. maybe it was expected to be. Yeah, he and another guy, Swan, uh, he had two catches for 65 yards, less a uh, 58. So that must be their down-the-field threat, even though Metcalf can take a top off the defense. But he's really good finding the sticks and then you know try to get in the middle of the field because a lot of these DBs don't want to tackle him. And we know Buda Baker when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks, whether it's in Seattle or at State Farm Stadium, this is a game that he always points to because it's going back home. It's playing in front of a lot of friends and family that will be watching this game, whether – at home or when they're on the road. Same with Beamer. Uh, hopefully this is a game where he can get a pick six and you know because obviously he's he's had some passes defense against Russell Wilson that perver- pre- preserved a victory for the Cardinals in, in other games too. You know, it's interesting. Pete Carroll's going to be 70 years old or he's 70 years old right now and he he doesn't want to hit the reboot button. I'm just going to want what's happening. I mean, Russell Wilson's first game was September 9th, 2012, against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals beat them 20-16. Uh, John Skelton and Kevin Cobb in that game. 
Wilson, that's that was his first game, and you could see how dynamic he was going to be. And here we are, fast forward to week 18. This could be his final game with the Seattle Seahawks, depending on what happens in the offseason. I mean, uh, John Snyder, and, and I'm glad we're not in this boat because they don't have anybody behind him. You know, that's that's so what do they do? Is, is Pete Carroll, uh, I mean, he's got a lot of energy. I think he's earned the right to be the coach there. But what if another team calls Pete Carroll and they wanted to start all over again? And Russell Wilson, there'll be a market out there for him. You have a gut feeling one way or the other? I think it's his last game. On Carroll, I don't know. I mean, because now all of a sudden, what is John Snyder in here? They don't have any first-round picks. I, I don't think – see, the problem is Paul Allen passed away, and so it went to the daughter, and, you know, somebody's got to convince her from a football side, it, it, should we hit the reset button or should we just reboot and bring everyone back again next year? I mean, they got some tough decisions. But last week, Russell Wilson, he stayed, he was the last guy off the field. He had his family on the field before the game. He was taking pictures, signing autographs. So, again, I'm speculating. I don't really don't like to do that. But it wouldn't surprise me if this is his last game as a Seahawk. Wilson asked about the potential of last week being his final home game wearing a Seahawks uniform, quote, or as far as being back next year in Seattle, quote, I hope so. I hope that's the case, end quote. And then he turned around, well, let's just focus on what we did here today. So he's saying all the right things, yet – you remember in the offseason it was, hey, you know, we're not asking for a trade, but here we'll are four you. teams that we would <laughs> accept a trade to. And so that's in the back of everyone's mind. And you're right. It's a difficult position to be in as a team and as a fan base. And you're sitting there going, okay, what do you do? Because there is no heir apparent. There is no one waiting in the wings. Yeah, and we can make the same claim with Pittsburgh. They drafted Mason Rudolph. They thought he had some upside. They took a shot on Dwayne Haskins, a high pick with the Washington football team. What do the Bears do next year? I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to be the starting quarterback, so you're going to see some of these guys, um, you know, I think Pittsburgh's going to be open, and then they'll probably draft a guy and try to groom him. I think Cleveland's going to be open if they're, I mean, even though Baker's owed $18.9 million. Um, Where's Deshaun Watson and all this stuff, you know? And then is Davis Mills the starting quarterback for the Texans next year? I mean, you're going to see some veterans. And Aaron Rodgers, he's he's a big wild card. Does he stay there? Does he go to Pittsburgh? Um, because him and Tom have a relationship. Does he go to Denver because of that defense, even though Fangio may not be there? But I, I do think uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Jimmy Garoppolo will probably be the top three dogs. And Baker Mayfield's. Some he played injured, so maybe another team thinks he can come in here and then we'll straighten him out. But it just I, I was impressed the first year with Stefanski. This year it wasn't the same, and he he played through a lot of injuries, and they, they didn't run the football like they should have, you know. So and they got a lot of talent in Cleveland. It was a big deal, a big story when Tom Brady left New England and went to Tampa Bay. Yeah, it dominated a lot of the talk, and it was wow. Okay, that's one player, and no one's on the stature of a Tom Brady. But can you imagine? Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson in the same offseason, potentially playing for different teams, leaving Green Bay and Seattle respectively. I mean, <laughs> that that's I, I, I again the thing recency is, bias. I don't know if that's ever happened in the National Football League when you have two faces of the franchise, Hall of Famers in their in their in their certain careers in their certain cities, leave in the offseason. Yeah, all three of those guys, Brady. Russell Wilson may not be a first ballot, and Aaron Rodgers, he's going to be in there. And the thing with Seattle is, what do you do then? I mean, they're going to try to get one of these guys. 
It, it, I'm just glad we're not in that boat. Because <laughs> next year, I mean, Stafford's going to be in, in Los Angeles. Trey Lance is going to be a starter. Kyle is going to be here. And then likely a new quarterback, um, possibly in Seattle. I, re- I really think so. That's going to be interesting. And fortunately for us, Bird Gang, we don't have to worry about that because we've got Kyler Murray. Cardinals and Seahawks <laughs> coming up on Sunday, 225 is the kickoff. 9.30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Cardinals 11-5, and 5, Seahawks 6-10. and 10. One other topic we wanted to discuss here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and that is Isaiah Simmons. I'm sure you saw this. NFL Network's Brian Baldinger, who I think does a tremendous job breaking down film, posted a two-minute clip of Simmons on Twitter, showed him covering Amari Cooper in the slot, dropping into coverage on Dalton Schultz, rushing from the edge, blitzing up the middle. I mean, Simmons is doing a lot of different things. Vance Joseph mentioned earlier in the day that he was playing a lot uh, nickel corner because of the injuries in the secondary. But Isaiah Simmons does a lot of things. The question is, does he do a lot of things well? And that is where we're at right now with Simmons. Now, keep in mind, this is just year two. But he's able to do different things. And then I understand the other side is like, well, just concentrate on one thing. Do that one thing well and then move on. Well, I think what we saw on Sunday was a necessity for Isaiah Simmons to be Isaiah Simmons as far as that Swiss Army knife where you can play a number of different positions on a defense. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think he, he's made strides, and I was bullish about him, you know, just having an entire offseason. I, I, I thought when he, you know, got that number and his swag was back, you could see, you know, he's got personality. He gets along with every single teammate. But there's sometimes where he just over-pursues, and he's got to lower his pad level when it comes to tackling. So there's little things, but – I mean, we know in this day and age, Craig, position flexibility will keep you in the league. And, uh, I mean, yes, in perfect world, he just plays inside linebacker next to Hicks. And then all of a sudden, who's in the slot when you don't don't have healthy corners right now? So, But I I think the the ceiling's high for him. It's just he's got to fine-tune his game. I mean, you're not going to make every single play. um, But he does put himself in position to make plays. But there's, there's little things far from a finished product. But I'm never going to question the effort or the toughness. Plays a little bit too fast. Yes. That goes back to what you said as far as over-pursuing. He's there, yeah. but sometimes he gets there too quick or he gets there and he's past the play because the ball carrier made a move or whatever. He, he He's so fast that sometimes he's too fast. Yeah, and I think that the prime example would be when he had a chance to get in the backfield on Dak Prescott. And then eventually he was able to push that, punch that ball out. But that's instincts there. But that, that's a prime example. You know, just slow down a little bit, you know, wrap up and tackle, and now you got the sack, you know. So, again, uh, like I said, I, I love his toughness, but he's going to have to lower his pad level a little bit when he comes to this open field tackling. And that play, and many people believe the play of the game defensively, knocking that ball out of Dak Prescott's hands, showed the good and the bad yeah. right. of Isaiah Simmons. In one play. Because it was, you're there, but the bad was you got there too quickly, you didn't finish it. The good is, well, you didn't give up on the play and you finished ultimately, but it was downfield versus in the backfield. And just to have the wherewithal, I mean, this is Peanut Tillman stuff. I mean, to have the wherewithal, and we're talking within five or six seconds, right? I mean, boom, boom. Yeah, no, like I said, I, I I, like the way Zavin played. I like the way Victor now, Vance did say he blew an assignment early in the game. <laughs> He's like, I don't want anybody to know this but us in here. Twice he, <laughs> he referenced it. I mean, Vance was on his game on Thursday. 
Asked about Victor Dimukeji. Played solid after blowing a coverage on his first assignment. <laughs> then he's talking about how powerful he is. Very, very smart. Except for that one play. I was, I was like, is, is, are we expecting Victor to like hear this later, or is it becoming a running joke in the in yeah. the film room? But, um, but that's what you like to see. Is like, okay, you're going to make mistakes because you haven't played a lot, but you're 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 where you're supposed to be. But and yeah, that's it, half the battle. He he did say he's mentioned this multiple times. I mean, Jeff Rogers has found a spot on him in special teams. And so when you're that fourth, fifth linebacker, whether it's inside or outside, you're going to dress on game day. So he's become one of the core special teams players, and I think it's because of his physicality, and he did get a lot chance to play in those two preseason games. He played a ton of snaps. And if you're able to get on the football field on special teams, that means you're dressing on game day. And you're one or two plays away, or you're maybe you're in certain packages. So no. And when Steve drafted him, the comp was Marcus Golden. So – and. And Marcus is under contract next year, so, you know, you start looking at that tandem. Uh, you know, Dennis Gardick, we'll see what happens there. Chandler's a free agent, so um, those are off-season talks. But I, I just like where his, his demeanor is. And he's a four-year starter at Duke, very smart guy. Um, but I, I just like his physicality, and uh, I was hoping he'd keep number 92, though. Yeah. He's wearing or he's playing like he would fit that number. Yes. And, and, that's, and, and that's Zach Kerr now. Yeah. He's wearing 52. So, yeah. No, I, I I just – but he's an outside linebacker, so that makes sense when you look at Chandler's number, you look at, you know, Gardick's number, you look at Marcus Golden's number, you look at Kennard's number, it's usually in the 40s. It's – look, it's it's early, and I don't want to project too 50s. much yeah. on Victor, but based off of what Coach Joseph was talking about, here's someone that might not be spectacular, might not be an all-pro or a pro bowler, but he might be in this league 10, 12 years. If he keeps doing what he's doing here, this is, again, this is year one, but solid on special teams, that will always extend your career and then give you the opportunity to play more on defense or offense depending on what your specialty is. But it certainly sounds like, yeah, victory is someone that they can count on. And Vance even brought it up as far as can be a, a very good Cardinal for a long period of time. Yeah, and hopefully he's got the same um... – same um, uh, development as Zach Allen. Because Zach, as long as he can stay healthy, he's definitely made strides every single year. And, you know, because of JJ's not out there, he's kind of taking that role. But So you, you could see that if he stays where he's at, and, again, he's strong. Zach Allen had to get stronger in the last couple off seasons. So does some of these offensive line. But he, he's got the body to withstand playing 50-year snaps. But, th again, those are good problems to have in the future. And on Zayvon Collins, according to Vance Joseph, made some plays off the ball, which is not what he was drafted for as far as being an outside linebacker. And then, But, quote, his natural ability did show on Sunday. So I don't know what the breakdown was outside linebacker versus inside, but you could tell just by watching it that he was playing both and at least according to the coaching staff was where he needed to be. Yeah, it looked like he was playing Sam. Um, versus Mike, and that's why I, I really thought they were playing a true 4-3. They had four linemen. You had Hicks inside. He had Chandler on the left, and he had Collins on the right, and then Isaiah was in the slot, and then you had J Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson. So I kind of like that package right there. We'll have to see, though, with Marcus Golden, Devon Kennard yeah. back, how things yeah. shake up now, but at least in a pinch, it's no different than, hey, Kyler Murray's down, next man up, Colt McCoy performed well. Now, it's a little different. It's not as highlighted. It's not spotlighted as much on the defensive end when you lose somebody, but it does bode well for this week, into the postseason, and next season. Yeah, I, I think he's probably going to get regulated 
back to special teams, which again is important. If somebody gets hurt, he's he's uh, you know one play away. Yeah, and that's again, you can play special teams. Now all of a sudden you're dressing, and if if you're not on special teams and you're just an offense or defensive player, unless you're DeAndre Hopkins uh, or the quarterback, then sorry, you're someone else is going to take that spot because those are valuable spots as far as that you're allowed on Sunday to be on the football field. Hey, um, um, I don't know if we're getting ready to, to, to close up here, but I want to mention uh, the most recent Dave Pad pod, podcast with Adrian Wilson. Who? <laughs> Ada. So um, I, he, I, they only beeped two. Um, he had two beeps in there. I don't know how many he had <laughs> normally. Right. There were two beeps. I think it's the second time on the Dave Patch podcast that they've had to uh, beep out a guest. Bill Walton? No, no. It, was some, it was someone else. Okay. But it was, it was, this was the first multiple okay. beeps during the podcast. And, and so now I want to go back to that Bears game when the Cardinals uh, lost to the Bears on Monday night. Oh. Monday Night Meltdown? Yeah. Okay. So at the time I was doing, we had a radio show with Adrian Wilson. So I was trying. Oh, I know this story. <laughs> story I love Bird Gang here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. It's always fun when we have story time with Mike Jarecki. All right, let it rip. Okay. So I was trying to get a hold of him that morning. So I'm texting him and I don't, I'm not getting anything back. And, you know, I'm figuring, all right, it's been a rough night. So I get a hold of him and he said, I'm ready to go now. And so we put him on, and I can tell. I said, "How are you doing?" He goes, "I haven't slept all night. It just, it, I'm, I'm upset, and we should have never lost that game." So, mind you, when you when you work in radio, you have a producer that answers the phone and he puts him on the air, or the host will. And it was Bickley at the time, and um, my producer decided to go use the restroom. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. Um, and there's we have a dump button where you hit the dump button and it goes back eight seconds. He literally threw out three to five, six F-bombs, and we could not get it off the air. So we get called in, and, of course, we get suspended. It's like a $250,000 fine, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to lose my job over this, you know. And luckily, you know, Senator John McCain, um, we were hoping he would help us out (laughs) with the FCC. Uh, We never got fined, but I was suspended. And so I, I told Adrian, you know, you, you go on this podcast and you only drop a couple. <laughs> you, I mean, you were dropping. F- I know your role is different now, but I, I, I couldn't. I'm sitting there looking at Dan like, is this really happening? It was so, honestly, Craig, it was raw. Like everything went in slow motion and the, yeah. the, your life is flashing before your eyes. Yeah, and there I, goes my career. Yeah. and But from a radio standpoint, for the listener, it was raw. He, he, he was talking about his wife was up all night with him. He said, I, "I, I can't believe we lost. I mean, it was so raw. So, we love you, Adam. And now he's just a lovable, huggable guy <laughs> yeah, that when you right. see in the, in the hallways, right. it's just, hey, how you doing? <laughs> right. oh, high yeah. fives. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes we get the Heisman salute. <laughs> <laughs> the, you, you do remember that though? Oh, I do. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the story. Yeah. But I would think he owes you like tenfold. Well, I was going to say if I get fired, I mean, you're going to have to put me on your payroll or something. Like, I don't know what I would do. I, I mean, you're going to have to hire me. Uh, maybe I'd be at the time didn't have social media, but I'm like, hey, Dub, you just cost me possibly my job. Well, now you look, your coworkers. Yeah, right. <laughs> and another time was when he retired. 
when Steve and him had that conversation, and it was a really tough day, and they both were emotional. I, we were doing a remote, and I got him on, and he, he, he was very emotional when he got let go. Yeah, his boss now is the guy who released him. he was him. best friends with them. And yeah. We got a chance to meet each other at NC State. So, I, so I, I'll say this. He played the game the, w- the way it was supposed to be played. I don't think he would be able to play like that now. But I, there were times when I would be in the locker room, and if they won or lost, you know, Wednesday, 24-hour rule, I would look over there, and he would go, not today. So I, the next day I'd look over there, and finally he would call me over. But this guy – he wears his emotions on his sleeves, and I think that's what made him a great football player. And now he always tells it, this is not a hobby. This ain't a hobby what I'm doing. He likes to grind tape and get good football players for this organization. So I, And he said when Bruce and Steve were here, they offered him to be a coach, but he figured out long hours. And then he, he told a great story about he has authority to go talk to players in the locker room from Michael Bidwell because – the years he's played here, and now he's been in the front office. So you, if you see A-Dub coming down to your locker, it's probably not a good day. <laughs> Adrian Wilson, the vice president Adrian of Wilson, pro yeah. – what did I say? No, A-Dub. Or oh, A-Dub. Yeah, I, was, I say oh, A-Dub. Oh, I got you. I got you. You're, you're the – I'm trying to let everyone know. The okay. vice president of pro personnel, Adrian Wilson, on the Dave Pash podcast. Listen to it. Must it, listen. And how much, you know, he learned from Pat Tillman and Kwame Lasseter. And, and and how he looks at Kyler Murray. And he, he mentioned he's young. He's still learning. But they feel like they, they hit a home run right there. So I definitely recommend it. I recommend a lot of Dave Pash podcasts. But I that was very – it's only 35 minutes. I'm surprised he did 35 minutes. By the way, that look that he used to give you in the locker room is a look that I get now every <laughs> single day yeah. in the office. <laughs> yeah, you got you to – home games, you got to see it. It's right before kickoff. I don't know if A-Dub gets kicked out of the suite. <laughs> Because, you know, it's usually it's uh, Steve and Mike and, and their families in there. But, so he's roaming around, but we, we don't see him during the game. But he comes over and, and I'll say, how's it going today? And you, you never know what he's going to say. And he gives you this look like, yeah. you better not say anything to me. Stares right through me. <laughs> that's, that's the look I had for years covering that guy. Yeah. Well, I'm glad I was able to tell that story because I, I have a lot of respect for him and I, have a, I really have a good relationship with him. Too much Adrian Wilson discussion here. It was at the end of the show. I know, I know. But it's, again, we kid because we care, and he he does work very, very hard. And it's not just him. It's Quentin Harris, Drew Grigson. I would like like to mention all these guys. And they got a great scouting department. Um, They're grinding. But, you know, Quentin's in charge of college, Drew Grigson. But A-Dub is kind of the right-hand man. And he mentioned when they go on vacation, Steve will call him, hey, I need some I need some tape on this guy. And that's why they have a ready list where they sign these guys in the offseason because everyone else is on vacation. A lot goes on behind the scenes. Yes. But it's why this Cardinals team right now, 11 wins with the opportunity before them to win the NFC West, which we'll dive into more coming up on Friday because Mike Jarecki has some homework to do as far as we get ready for Week 18. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.